Coming up, we're talking a wild night for the Outlaws at Volusia, another Lucas victory for Bishop, some big sponsor news and more. Let's go. Today is Friday, February 11th, 2022. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. Last night at Volusia, we actually got to see some racing, but not all of what was scheduled uh, got completed on the night. The surface of the racetrack was yet again an issue, and really all anyone has been talking about lately. We were treated to a pretty entertaining feature with the Outlaws, but when you look at most of the news stories posted in the last 12 hours, most of them are pretty heavily focused on the track conditions. Even with not racing Wednesday and an extra day for things to improve, the track was still very heavy last night. It rutted up pretty quickly, and the entire World of Outlaws program was affected by it. Officials at the track decided to run the entire Outlaw show uninterrupted, with the hoping to then run the modified portion in one straight shot after the Outlaw program was completed. But not long into the modified uh, portion of the evening, the rest of the night was sacked because of the surface. Officials hope to complete that racing on Saturday before the uh, full Saturday program gets underway later that night. Um, for tonight, everything is still on the schedule. Full Outlaw show, full Modified show. We'll have to see if that changes or not and if they have the same game plan that they had uh, last night where they're going to run the Outlaws first and then the Modifieds, or if they'll try to mix it up like they would normally do uh, at Volusia. With the Outlaws, several drivers did not mince words in interviews last night, including most notably Casey Kane after his heat race. James McFadden and Logan Shuhart were also quick to point out the cowboy up surface and be critical. Following heat races, they attempted some track work to make the surface better for the dash, B, and the feature, but it was basically to no avail. The low to middle sides were pretty rough, quite a bit of ruts, uh, but the top wasn't too bad. As for the actual racing itself, the story of the night leading into the feature was actually Aaron Reitzel. He was quick time in qualifying, won the first heat, and won the dash from the pole. It was a great start to the year for Reitzel and his new team with that Toyota horsepower. They also debuted a new paint scheme this week that includes Mobile One on the car as well. In the feature, though, Donnie Schatz started on the outside of the front row and used that top side to quickly take the lead. He was untouched out front until a late caution closed up six starting Kyle Larson right to Schatz's tail tank. On the restart, Larson made a move low into turn one and was actually able to clear Schatz, but the 15 was able to use the crossover and get back to Larson's inside. Into turn three, Schatz muscled his way clear of the 47, and that was all she wrote. Schatz officially led all 25 laps en route to the opening night victory. Larson finished second, Reitzel third, David Gravel was fourth, and Anthony Macri completed the top five. The move from Schatz to get back by Larson showed he's not quite ready yet to just roll over for these guys. I liked the aggression because I think that's something that has hurt Donnie in recent years. Some of these younger guys are just more okay with making those big aggressive moves, and that just hasn't been how Donnie races. But we might be seeing a change here. During most of the 25 laps, Schatz used the smoother high side to make ground, but when necessary, he drove low into the rough stuff to beat Larson. His quote afterwards in victory lane was priceless. He said, quote, I'd rather land on the other side of the fence than run second, unquote. A mindset like that could spell serious trouble for his outlaw rivals. I'm not going to turn this into an overreaction Friday after one win and say Schatz is the guy to win the championship, but he did look very good in the opener last night. Other, notif uh, another 
Other notable finishes, excuse me, uh, on Thursday, including Logan Schuhart going 16th to 7th, uh, Sheldon Hoddenshield charged from, 10th to, uh, from 20th to 10th after needing to transfer in from the LCS. Carson Macedo was 13th, and Brad Sweet was 16th after slowing late in the going because his car had collected so much dirt. Hopefully another day will do the track some good, but don't expect massive, uh, massive improvements. These guys will need to buck up and be prepared for a fight all weekend long. Track conditions like this aren't uncommon in some parts of the country. They just don't usually happen on half-mile racetracks. Looking towards tonight, the formula is again picking shots after a correct selection last night. I whiffed with Macedo, but I'm going to go Larson tonight after what I saw on Thursday. I didn't think he'd really be a factor this weekend, kind of based on his past results, but last night he was pretty fast. The Outlaws are back tonight and tomorrow for full shows at Volusia. You can watch live on Dirt Vision. Over at East Bay last night, the car count swelled to 75 for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, but there has been a notable absence. We haven't seen Josh Richards at all, even though his car owner, Boom Briggs, was in attendance last night. But according to Dirt on Dirt, it was for good reason. Richards and his wife, Andrea, escaped a fire in their camper while en route to the racetrack on Wednesday. The camper was destroyed, but Richards was able to save his dually pickup. Neither he nor Andrea were injured. After regrouping Thursday, Richards is expected to race tonight and tomorrow at East Bay. That's certainly some good news uh, after a scary situation. In the racing program last night, we had an interesting moment in the first heat race. Garrett Smith started on the pole and won the heat after going quick time, but following the race was DQ'd for the remainder of the evening for apparently having a spoiler that was too large. That's quite the ballsy move uh, when it comes to cheating. Max Blair was promoted to the heat race win, and that actually ended up in a front row starting position for him. In the feature, though, Brandon Overton led through halfway from uh, the outside front row, but he again would finish way down the order. Brian Shirley and then Brandon Shepard got by him for the lead, and after fading through the field, Overton ended up parking the 76 and finished 22nd. Out front, the second half was dominated by the Rocket 1, but Shepard almost threw it away coming to the white flag. He caught the wall out of turn 4, and Earl Pearson Jr. nearly stole the win. But Bishop was able to rebound and beat the 46 back to the line for his second consecutive win and third Lucas victory of the year. EPJ was second, Kyle Bronson third, Devin Moran fourth, and Hudson O'Neill finished fifth. It was yet another strong showing from that Rocket house car, and they have taken the Lucas points lead now with two nights at East Bay still to come. The DirtTracker.com analytics prediction formula had Sheppy last night, so it's now correctly picked wins in 41.7% of races this year. I'm now 2 for 12, or 16.7%. The formula is going for Shepard again, and I'm going to ride with Overton. Probably stupid, but he's still been fast even with the issues. You can watch the next two nights from East Bay live on Mav TV+. Elsewhere in the late model world, we had big news from the World of Outlaws just today. Following the departure of Morton Buildings as a series title sponsor, World Racing Group announced that Case Construction Equipment has come on board in a new multi-year deal to be the title sponsor for the late model series and a major sponsor of both the Sprint Car Series and Super Dirt Car Series. The new logo is already floating around and Case will be heavily featured when the series heads to Volution next week. Definitely a big pickup for the series and nice to see some fresh blood come into the sport. That kind of in-between period where Morton was clearly out and this deal wasn't done just yet was a little awkward, especially with no acknowledgement from the series, but definitely good news for the late model crowd. For more details, visit wordofoutlaws.com. 
At Alltech Raceway last night, the Short Track Super Series was back for night two of the Sunshine Swing. Billy Pouch Jr. was quickly to the lead on the opening lap, but his time out front was short-lived because Lightning Larry White was coming. By lap four, White was securely out front, and he never surrendered the lead from there. Eric, Ru uh, Eric Rudolph kept him honest through lap traffic, but wasn't able to make a move in the closing stages. In the end, it was White picking up his first ever Short Track Super Series victory. Rudolph settled for second, Pouch was third, Danny Johnson fourth, and Danny Creedon was fifth. White snagged $5,000 for his efforts and will try again tonight and tomorrow to bring home some more cash. You can catch both nights of the Short Track Super Series live on Flow Racing. And another series that is kicking off their 2022 season this weekend down in Florida is the USAC National Midgets. They race tonight and tomorrow night at Bubba Raceway Park in Ocala, and they did get on the track last night for a practice night. 24 cars officially took time with Thomas Meseraw clocking the fastest lap over Emerson Axum and Logan Seavey. Timez did pick up one of the opening night wins at Bubba last year, so no surprise he was fast last night. When it comes to drivers to watch for the weekend, definitely keep an eye on Timez along with Buddy Kofoid, Justin Grant, and Axum. Those four have the best average finish at the track in the past two years of those active drivers. And Timez and Kofoid both have previous wins. Chris Windham and Tanner Thorson were winners in 2020 at Bubba, but you won't see Windham this weekend as he is focusing on wing sprint car racing this season. Thorson wouldn't be a bad pick here either with what we've seen from him, especially with uh, coming off that Chili Bowl win. In the championship hunt, Kofoid should be the favorite with him taking the title last season and his nearest rival now gone in Wyndham. You know that Grant and CV and Thorson will all be challengers all season for sure, but Kofoid was tough to beat last season. I am curious, though, to watch the progression of Emerson Axum this season as he moves over to Clawson Marshall Racing. We know he's running the full USAC sprint car schedule, and I'm going to assume here that means the full midget, uh, midget slate as well. He finished fourth in the standings last year with two wins, and if he continues to make strides, I could see him challenging for the championship. We've never done midget win picks on the show before, but in the spirit of all the tracking we're doing this, uh, this season, we're going to add them to the mix. So the formula likes Kofoid tonight, and I'm going to agree. Remember, uh, you can watch every USAC race live on Flow Racing all season long. Speaking of streaming, there are nine shows on the schedule today. Dirt Vision has more World of Outlaws action from Dirt Car Nationals. Flow Racing has Flow 24-7 plus the Short Track Super Series from Alltech. The USAC Midgets from Ocala and Sprint Cars and Midgets from Western Springs. Map TV Plus has Lucas Lake Models from East Bay. Speed Sport has the USCS uh, and Racing from Hendry County, and XR has the Work and Man Nationals from Las Vegas. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Friday and a good weekend. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks for everybody uh, for tuning in this week. We'll be back on Monday for more Dirt Tracker Daily.